So, relationships, getting unstuck, communication, conflict resolution. I mean, there's a lot of conflict about Aldi, obviously, but let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Pastor Mick, we'll start with you. Why is communication, why is communication so important? I mean, obviously, in terms of our language, um, though communication is so much more than just language. We know, for example, you know, people say 38% of communication is body language, is nonverbal. But in terms of our language and communication generally, um, you know, the Bible says power, power and death are in the life of the tongue. But from your perspective, why is communication so important for relationships? How do we, how do we transmit what we want to say unless we communicate it well? And like you said, in today's world, we've got technology that we can send an SMS, send an email, um, you know, make a phone call, meet up for coffee, body language, he's telling you that he's anxious, he's just shaking his leg. I mean, there's so much, but it, it's, it speaks loads. It actually speaks loads. And the reason why it's important is that, um, I mean, we're doing life together. How are we supposed to kind of communicate our thoughts, our heart, our feelings, um, and maybe our, I don't know, disappointments, our, our successes, unless we do it well? So it's really, really important for me that when I'm trying to communicate something to someone, that I actually look them eye to eye if I'm having a conversation or that I reply to a text within a reasonable time or an email, even though I may not have made a decision to, but I think I value the person by saying, I've received it, I will get back to you soon. And I, I think that's kind of communicating and also valuing so it's, it's important to value one another while we communicate to each other. Fantastic. You've shared a couple of great tools there. Jackie, what, what's a communication tool you use to communicate well? Um, I think if, if it's something really important that you're trying to get across, I think face-to-face um, -face it has to be. Because I know in the past I've sent texts or You mean emails. texts aren't good? <laughs> I like texting, but no, n not if it's really, really important. Because I think... As um, Pastor Mick said before, you can tell so much from body language um, and you can say the same sentence but you can say it in so many different ways and if you hear it and see it, you understand a lot more than just reading it. Very good. That's so true. You know, you can only do so much with emojis. <laughs> That's what I'm taking away from that. Andrea, what about you? What's a good communication tool you use? Um, I find a good communication tool is actually being a good listener. Um, I just find sometimes if you're, like if someone's saying, giving you an answer, but you're sort of listening to what you want to hear, then, you know, it defeats the purpose of the conversation and, the commu and you communicating. So I find if, you're, if you listen, even if you're just, like if you're doing a f couple of things, but you're listening to actually what they really want, then you can give them what, you, what they want. That's good. So if you're conversing with someone, um, how do you know that they're listening to you? Or what are you looking for? If the other person's listening to yeah. me? Oh, I'm usually the listener. Well, if you're, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's flip it then. How do you listen well? Yeah, okay. So I usually, usually with the answer they, I, I receive, I, um, I guess I, um, I try to discern what they, what they mean, um, what the underlying tone is. Um, but also just the way they say it. I feel like people always give you clues, especially like in friendships or whatever relationships, people are giving you clues. So if they say, I'm fine, 
you know, you, they're kind of hinting, like, ask me what's wrong. So that's, you know, um, if I'm tired, sometimes I'm like, I can't ask you. But um, for the most part, you, you listening, you know that that person needs yeah. you to ask them, actually, what's going on, what's wrong. And every time I do that, I find there's like, you open a can of worms. So Fantastic. I mean, in a good way. And I mean, who was taught that growing up? You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth because we need to listen twice as much as we speak. But um, what about you, Britt? What's a communication tool you use? She took mine because oh, my what? notes are here, so she just <laughs> went and read them. <laughs> it's underlined. See, listening. Yeah. Um, but I had a scripture. Go for it. Yeah, boom. Um, no, it was... Um, <laughs> John it was James. James 1. <laughs> <laughs> James 1, 19. Um, my dear brothers and sisters, take note. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. And I thought that was so interesting that it linked to anger as well because I think the miscommunication comes in a lack of listening. If you don't listen and you premeditate and you've already got your response ready, you're actually bound to pounce yeah. on something that wasn't initially communicated because your perspective's on yourself. It's listening. It shifts the perspective onto what's actually being communicated. Very good. You touched, you touched on anger. So um, let's let's go there for a moment. Um, and I want to I want to share this interesting illustration, and um, I'm going to compare two animals. As you know, and you know, communication experts say that the um, the population is split not only into pro aldi and anti aldi, but also half the population are generally rhinos and the other half are um, hedgehogs. And so to tell the difference, you look at their behavior when, when they're physically threatened or, um, or kind of uh, provoked. And so a rhino acts aggressively and if provoked is likely to charge at you. Who's seen a rhino charge? <laughs> and by contrast, a hedgehog, um, when in danger, throws up a prote protective shield, um, it raises its, its prickles and um, it kind of closes in on itself in an attempt to keep its attacker at bay. And so just as animals respond differently to attack or provocation, so do we. Um, half of the population are rhinos, half are hedgehogs, as I said. Um, so rhinos, when they are angry, they will let you know, <laughs> right? And hedgehogs, when they feel angry, they hide their feelings. And so they become quiet or withdrawn and it's not that they don't do anything about their anger, they tend to express it in less obvious ways. So they might withhold their affection, suddenly develop selective hearing uh, towards their partner or, or run them down in, in social settings. So I wanna go around the panel, tell us which one you are, hedgehog or rhino, and how that affects the way you communicate. Jackie, start us off. Um, with my family, I'm definitely a rhino. <laughs> And um, when I married Darren, uh, he's the opposite. So my family, <laughs> my family, if we have an issue, we just get it out there. And once you've let off steam, then you feel a lot better. And you know, but with Darren, he's the opposite. And so I found that really difficult because he would see be withdrawn and and he would hold on to it for a few days. Where after I'd let it out, I was fine. <laughs> and so I sort of. It's actually been a learning curve for me because totally opposite to what I was used to. So 
as a rhino, what's, I mean, what's something um, you need to be aware of when, when you're kind of communicating or expressing yourself? Um, just don't go charging like a bull at a gate. Um, and maybe I'm not always right. Um, <laughs> but, but with Darren, I'm usually right. <laughs> but no... But no, I guess um, a scripture that I've sort of been trying to um, use to help me is in Proverbs and it says, um, a, a gentle tongue turns away wrath, but um, a harsh word um, brings anger. And so even though I might be a little bit forceful in what I'm saying, I've actually sort of tried to say it in more of a calm, gentle way, even though I might be saying the same thing, but just saying it in a, in a nicer in a nicer way that it doesn't cause a big blow up. Awesome. Thanks, Jackie. Um, who wants, Pastor Mick, are you a rhino or a hedgehog? <laughs> I've got to be honest, my mum's sitting there, my sister's there, my daughter's <laughs> in, my wife is around somewhere. So I've got to be honest here, guys. I'm a mixture of both. Um, <laughs> there are times, I think, look, um, I think sometimes when I do process the emotion that's rising up within me, um, I'm able to like hold back on a reaction, but sometimes when I'm not aware, the, the, the emotion rises and it's real, and I do charge, like it's kind of like, hang on, I'm under attack here, I need to defend myself, and um, it's my old nature. And w the hedgehog side is, mm, I want to let them know that they've upset me, so I'll give them the silent treatment for a couple of days, you know, but guess what, who loses? Yeah, so there's kind of regret. I don't know why it happens, but i tell you one thing, I have never stopped giving up on trying to make it better, because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Okay, it's a journey that we're all on. We're just going to get there. Fantastic. It's so good. Andrea? Um, I think I had a season where I was a hedgehog to begin with, and then I had my season changed and I became a rhino. So, so what caused the, the shift? Oh, because I realised I was a hedgehog. <laughs> How did you realise that, just out of interest? Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I just realised that um, I was getting walked all over a little bit. And a lot of relationships and friendships, you know, things were being said to me and I really wanted to react, but my thing was, you know, do the cocoon, hedgehog, hedgehog thing. Um, and so then I went through a season of being a rhino just because I thought that it was one or the other. And then, um, yeah, realised, I, I think I just attacked ev anything that was like, <laughs> what? And like, no, no, just literally because I thought that was what I was meant to do because I just, well, I disagree. So I disagree, like... <laughs> I disagree with everything. And now I think I've found a happy medium where unless it, you know, I, I do um, use the Holy Spirit these days in terms, in with relationships and I just go, is it worth it? And then he sort of guides me with, um, in terms of, he says, confront him or just let it go. It's not worth it. I'm, I'm a hedgehog by default. I'm definitely more of a, oh, you've hurt me you're out of my life forever, like, <laughs> done, finished. Um, and it's a, it, it really limits your communication because you never tell the person. Yeah. 
but you think that they should know because I'm doing all these subtle things. <laughs> like, I'm a mad subtle talker, and I'm like, why don't you know that I feel unloved right now? I'm going to be the worst girlfriend. Like, he's just got to know. He's got to have, like, a sixth sense. So, um, <laughs> so it's you, you've got to, like, as a hedgehog, for all the hedgehogs in the rooms, um, you've got to learn to communicate. Like, you've got to get over the fact that they should know because they're not, they're not going to figure it out. Rhinos don't know, and hedgehogs withdraw with you. But you've got to learn to just say it in the in the moment but check yourself before you speak as well like are you just being a sook Mm. i have to ask myself that a lot like are you just chucking a tantrum and withdrawing because you're emotional or is this hurting you and do you need to then confront that and face that yeah wow great brit um and i think you you're you're raising an interesting point there um about yeah addressing it because withdrawing is not going to help and i think that's a common thread that's come up tonight, but also charging as a rhino and um, going ballistic isn't going to help either. Um, but as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are called to speak the truth in love, which means not being the hedgehog, um, but actually, hey, expressing yourself and speaking that truth in love. Um, how do we do that? Jackie. Uh, that's a bit tricky sometimes. Um I mean, you 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 want to get you want to let them know, but it's actually a bit tricky on how I think you actually do that in such a, a gentle way. But I think um, just a lot of grace and a lot of love. Um, and if they don't get it, well, that's okay. In the beginning, you know, you pray and get God to get on their case, and He can look after it. But I think yeah, a lot of grace and a lot of love. I find it interesting that you say grace because so often when, when we're in those situations of conflict, it can be about winning. And what I'm hearing when, you, when you're talking about grace is, hey, it's not necessarily about winning. It's not necessarily about being right or wrong. But if there's grace on the conversation, then it moves from, you know, wanting to, you know, win points to actually wanting to resolve the issue and um, if you're speaking the truth in love for that person, it's, it's actually in their best interest. Uh, well, that's what you want from, uh, as an outcome of the conversation. What about you, Pastor Mick? I think you need counselling. It is about winning. See? It's a competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's a competition, didn't anyone tell you? <laughs> um, look, being sensitive, I, th- I think, to the situation, being sensitive to um, the person's circumstance, um, and trying to present it. I don't think you should hold back, but I think you should choose the right time and be sensitive to what's going on. Uh, it's, it's important that you bring that truth out. And, um, and there are times, uh, like th- the reason why I say timing, it could be for you so you can re- release yourself of any emotion. So it does flow out with grace. Um, it's tough because you've got to get rid of that emotion before you can actually speak it. And sometimes we're impatient and that's when we can't show grace, we kind of like say it. But yeah, I think take the time. I love what Andrea said. Um, prayer is, is so important in making these decisions. And I think when you do invite the Holy Spirit and just say, you know, look, I've been really hurt by this guy, but I need to speak something and how do I do this? And then I think when you go into that zone, you kind of grace does kind of yeah. fall on you. You kind of like lose that emotion. Love does flow. And as love flows, you know that you're, they're going to receive it in a loving way. Beautiful. Um, what about you, Britt? Well, Mix them all. Yeah. Um, I think love first. Like, I think if Great. you, like, I know 
For example, if Pastor Nat ever says that I've like and ever needs to critique me, I know she loves me. Yeah. That no matter how she says it, I know where I stand with her. That she's saying it from love. She's actually saying it from a place of love. So if you love them first, it changes the way they're going to receive that yeah, communication. And good. um, when Jesus corrected the rich man and he said, "We'll sell everything." And, and then come back and you'll be good. And he went away sad. God, Jesus actually had grace in that moment. He turned to his disciples and he said, it's actually harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's actually the hardest thing for him to come. And for him to even try, God, Jesus had grace for that and just waited for him to come back. Mm. You know, sometimes we have to wait for that and have grace for that, but so love good. them unending and love yeah. them first. Very good, Brett. Awesome. Hey, can we thank these guys? It's such great wisdom here tonight. Um, Andrea, uh, and I'll take one from each side, but Andrea, why don't you give us a, what's, what's the scripture that kind of you go to for when you're in a situation where conflict needs to be resolved? I like e- Ephesians 4.26, and it says, go, don't go to bed angry. Um, and I've, I remember doing that since I was young. Oh, <laughs> was that funny? <laughs> Um, and yeah, I feel like that's really helped me in terms of conflict and stuff. Because if I just get sort of, if we do, like, obviously without being a rhino, do, talking about it before the sun goes down, I find is really helpful. Yeah, I love that one. So good. What about you, Pastor Nick? I love it, but I stay awake all night, so I don't <laughs> <laughs> I have to forgive that quick. <laughs> Look, um, I struggle with that because there's more than one scripture I'd love to share. Um, because I'm a kind of in your face type of guy. In Matthew 18, 15, it starts off by saying, you know, if someone has hurt you in any manner, go to them, approach them, yeah. okay, privately. Yeah. We're not here to make yeah. mockery of people, yeah. privately, yeah. okay, discuss it. If it, does, if it works, you're winning back. If it doesn't, yeah. okay, what does it say? Now bring another one. Bring another, another brother from the church. Yeah. Okay, so the, um, there'll be a testimony of two or three people there, you know, trying to win him back. We're not trying to highlight the wrong or the offence. We're trying to win him back. Okay, and then again, if it doesn't happen, church, we bring him to the church leadership and we discuss it there. But one scripture I really did want to share is John 7, 24. Look beneath the surface, the surface, so we can judge correctly. That's the scripture I want to share. Can you just expound that? Things aren't always as they seem. People may say things not deliberately to hurt, but yet we receive it in that manner. So when you've received that pain, let's look beneath the surface. Brittany said she looks beneath the surface when Nat is critiquing because she knows there's love there. So where has this come from? When we look beneath the surface, we can see it. And then grace will. Grace will then come out and flow out of us. Yeah, very good. Very good. And... You mentioned kind of, yeah, if someone says the wrong thing to us, um, I mean, one of the most natural reactions is to take offence to that. And um, I, I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but I, I'm hearing a lot of commentators talking about this age of offence that we, we're living in. Um, and they also call it the age of outrage, where offence is almost encouraged. Or if if you've been offended, then you kind of wear it like a badge of honour and, and you tell everyone about it because it's what you should do. Um, and it is about being right 
Uh, but let's, let's go there f- for a minute, just about offence. The, the word offence means a trap stick. Offence is a trap stick, and it's the crooked stick on which a bait is fastened, which being struck by the animal springs the trap. So offence is basically a trap. Um, why is offence a trap? It holds you down. It. Um, I find um, there's been different times when I've been offended with something, and um, you actually can't move forward. You, you're just stuck, and you're no matter what happens, you you just can't move, or you. That's all that consumes your thoughts, and and in your mind you're conjuring up what I would say to that person, or what I would like to do to that person, um, and and you're just yeah, you're just stuck there. Yeah, it's not a good place to be in. Um, so if we do find ourselves kind of stuck, how do we get unstuck uh, from offence? Britt, um, put your guess in here. <laughs> <laughs> how do you get unstuck from offence? It's such a good question. It really does start with you and it starts with forgiveness. It starts with... it. In the Bible, um, when you compare translations, NIV and King James, in King James, um, offense is called temptation. So it's actually something that we're choosing to fall into. It's actually something that we're choosing to let tempt us. So we actually need to sit back and make the decision, do I need to be offended here? Like, what, what am I achieving from offense? And offense actually achieves nothing. The situation where offense happens is actually where we can become wiser. But when we choose and lean towards offense, we're not allowing wisdom to grow. We're not allowing anything more to come from that. We're just literally sticking ourselves in. So it's literally choosing, okay, I need to forgive this and I need to go to God and I need to seek wisdom. Offense exists in lack of wisdom. Very good. Uh, Yeah, let's give it up. Uh, And I can't think of an answer apart from forgiveness, really. Um, and let so let's go there. Forgiveness, Andrea, is it granted before it is felt, or felt before it's granted? Um, forgive first, and you'll feel it later. If you're waiting to feel first and then forgive later, you'll never forget. How long have we got to wait, though? <laughs> How long have you got to wait? Yeah, like is there? A well, if w- <laughs> once you've forgiven, you you can sleep easy. You're yeah. done. Like, and then once you'll feel, when, when the feeling comes, you won't even need to feel it because you've already forgiven. Yeah, very Whereas good. if you wait to feel, you'll never forgive because mm. you'll never feel like forgiving yeah. unless you're Jesus, but you won't actually feel like you want to that's, forgive. That's really good. So you forgive first and you won't even need to feel later, but you will feel later. Yeah, very good. What about this side of the panel? Um, what, would you like to sh- share something around offense, how to overcome it or um, how to forgive? Um, yeah. Um, the forgiveness, absolutely, and um, I've found that if I don't forgive um, straight away, then, yeah, you, you get caught up, and by forgiving, then God just releases you to be able to, to move on, um, and often I don't feel like forgiving, and as Andrea said, it's a choice, you have to make it, but one thing that's helping me to actually get from just saying it to actually feeling it is once I say, okay, God, I forgive that person for whatever they've done, now bless them. And you don't always want to say it and you don't always feel it, but the more you say it, the more it actually 
comes into your heart and you actually, okay, I can bless them now. Excellent. Yeah, really good. So, Mick, if there was someone here um, in the audience and kind of haven't been able to forgive someone and it's been a really long time, um, I think what Jackie said is a great suggestion about, you know, blessing, but how do you help that person move forward? What, what advice would you give? You've probably heard it before and you're going to hear it again. Unless you get in the presence of God, I'm serious, unless you really get into the presence of God, unless you get into His Word, unless you seek godly counsel, unless you sit down in prayer and just say, God, I am struggling. Be honest with God. You can't lie to Him. I am struggling to forgive this person. I'm having such a hard time here and I know Your Word says to forgive, but I'm struggling and I want to be obedient to Your Word. For 12 months, I struggled and I prayed the same prayer for 12 months. And it was only in the Word of God that things changed where? Not in my situation, but in my heart. And when my heart was changed, I was able then to pass on that forgiveness to a friend and say, I bless him, Lord God. Bless her, Lord God. And it's only in that presence of God that things are going to change and he's going to change your heart. He's not, we can't pray for him to change other people. Let me see what you see. Let me forgive the way you forgive. Let me love the way you love. Can we thank God? It's so good. Um, we've got a couple of minutes left. Want to change direction quickly? Um, you know, there might be quite a few people in the audience here who are looking for that relationship, whether it's a future husband or a wife. Um, how do you? You know, we're, we're told to trust God, and, and I think that's really good advice. But how do you balance that um, with actually kind of making it happen yourself? Because uh, I feel like often um, young people looking for that partner will, will swing between completely trusting God and then trying to make it happen in their own strength. Jackie, I know, I think it was you, you prayed for a husband for 20 years um, before it happened. How would you answer that question? Um, I did exactly that. I'd be believing by faith and then I'd be really looking, you know, is there anybody out there? And back and forth, back and forth. And um, it, it was really difficult because you'd see all your friends getting married and, you know, moving on and having kids and what have you and you weren't. But you wanted the right person. So I, I didn't just want anybody and I wanted the person that God had for me. And in the end, a friend of mine actually um, said, right, we're doing internet dating. And I went, yeah, no, we're not. And anyway, cut a long story short, we did. And um, I was almost about to give up on that. And then I met Darren. And last week we were married for four years. So, yeah, God's good. Congratulations. Pastor Mick? I think there's a fear especially today, there's a fear in young men and women to kind of commit into a relationship or to search out even. Um, I believe in the scriptures and God says that he will direct my path and he will he'll put light onto my feet. And I think if we start believing God's promises, see, for Adam, he didn't have to search. He says, lay down, I'll get you a wife. Now, I'm not saying go to sleep, boys. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you can trust God by His Word. 
So use his word in your prayer. Claim the promises that he's made already. And I just believe that things will just flow. I think the right person will just walk in and there'll be just a supernatural attraction. Not just a physical attraction. Let's get rid of that for a second. Let's see what God has for each and every one of us. So good. What a great answer. Andrea, what advice would you give? Um, I, I think trusting God is, like the song said, once you surrender, there's freedom. So when you trust God and you be, you're believing for a partner or whatnot, but you're still anxious and you're still like, you know, panicking and going, oh, my time, you know, the, it's like I wanted to be married at 30 or whatever. I just feel like then you're not completely surrendered. You haven't completely surrendered that. Um, and I've, it's a lesson that I've been learning too, to completely surrender. Because when you completely surrender, then even when you don't get things you're, that you pictured or when things don't go your way, you're able to still have peace and still have freedom. So, Fantastic. Lucky last Brit. I, things pass the hearts. Wait, do you want to hear this answer? I do. Okay. been waiting all week. <laughs> Please. Okay. Um, I think that you need to know your relationship with God. And if you trust him, you actually won't find anxiety in it. When Jesus asked Peter to come out onto the boat, he didn't just say stand on the water. He actually wanted him to keep taking a step towards and he kept taking. And eventually Peter lost the trust and, and he went in the water and Jesus called him. You know, and I think if, if Jesus had redone that, Peter would have been able to take a few more steps because sometimes we have to take a few more steps. Sometimes we have to get to a position where we're trusting on him a bit more. So yes, the anxiety is going to come in the, oh, but time, oh, but what the world's saying, oh, but society, but I'm in this season right now. I'm present right now. You know, I want to focus in on what God's calling of me, not on what the world's telling me I should be. And if that means I'm single right now, I want to be as single and faithful in this time as I can be. Because when I get a partner, that's going to be a different season and it's a different chapter. And to an extent, it limits what I could do now in this time. So if I'm faithful in the little, I know He will bring abundance because that's the relationship I have with my God. And that's who I know and that's how I trust Him. Fantastic. Let's give it up. So good. Well, thank you so much for such a rich discussion. So much gold came out. Can we thank our panel here tonight? Yeah, let's give it up. So much wisdom. So good.